Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here, host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast on Go Baller FFS, here to bring you our NBA Finals Frenzy Podcast, looking at Game 7 of both the Boston Celtics and Cleveland Cavaliers series and the Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former NFL NBA sports writer, along with myself, your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. And jumping right into things, Mr. Alan Dell, 27 missed three-pointers in a row. I heard they used to call you white chocolate back in your day on the court. You wouldn't have missed 27 in a row, right? If you, Even if you were out there at your spry, spry young age these days, my friend. How about it? How about your thoughts on Game 7, man? Yeah, I, I think they got worn down. Everybody's calling them chokers, or a lot of people are calling them chokers. I think my, Mike D'Antoni, using only six, seven guys for most series, I think the, his players got worn down. They... they and they blew so much energy in the first half with their defense. A credit to them how hard they play on defense. But I, I just think they ran out of gas. Uh, man, the combination of low energy at the end and, and also the pressure of the game and, and the defense. But i got to give Golden State a, a lot of credit for their defense, even though a lot of those shots were wide-open three looks that uh, – that Houston missed. Well, you look at the box score, right? And and not just talking about the box score, but you, we all saw the game. We all saw the highlights, see the post-game commentary and reaction and analysis. Seven for 44 on three-point shots for the Houston Rockets. That's 15.9%. They, this is the team that set the record for most three-pointers made during an NBA regular season this year. And yet they also set the record for most consecutive three-pointers missed in a playoff game with 27 straight misses spanning the first and second half, mostly those in the second and third quarter. I think P.J. Tucker finally hit a corner three uh, early in the fourth quarter, but it was too little too late. And you look at the rest of the box score, really, I mean, they shot 40% overall from the field. So when you look at their their, their two-point shots, right, they made 29 two-point shots. Uh, they attempted 46, so they were over 50% on twos. Obviously, a lot of those dunks and Capella, 9 for 10. It seems like he kind of disappeared. Uh, Harden, 2 for 13 on threes. Gordon, 2 for 12 on threes. Trevor Ariza, 0 for 9? On three, Trevor Ariza 0 for 12 from the field. Yeah. Is that a choke job? That looks like a choke job to me, man. Yeah. And that's a guy with finals experience. He he won a ring with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, with the excuse you're hearing on him, he was just tired playing defense. But uh, you can't go for that. You know? No, you can't. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Ariza minus 15 in the on the box score plus minus. Yeah. That, that's the worst out of all Rockets players. But I've, yeah, you said he had the the, the task of guarding Durant. I mean, I don't know. You, you've got to step it up. 0 for 12, that, that's, that's inexcusable, yeah. man. Yeah, the thing about Harden, uh, as I kept saying, the NBA is two seasons, a regular season and a playoffs. And in the playoffs, it's totally different. The intensity is ratcheted up. And the officials change. They don't call things. Like, Harden gets all these touch fouls. He didn't during, get the calls last no, night. No, that's what I'm saying. He gets touch fouls during the regular season. But in the playoffs, he's not getting them. And, and there were a couple times... Uh, and I'm not a Harden fan. Where he got hit, they didn't call it. So there was a couple, the couple plays in the second half where I was surprised the refs didn't call it because it seemed like they had been calling it throughout the series. Um, but I, I think it, it's, it's, I think he still got the majority of the calls that he should have gotten for the for the entire series from game one to game seven. 
Uh, maybe there was a couple shots he got fouled on. But, look, James Harden's been getting way too many calls throughout the last year, throughout the last couple of seasons, ever since he got to Houston. I mean, this is a guy that travels on every single step-back three-point shot he takes, but I digress there. Looking at the rest of the game, I mean, obviously complete domination in the third quarter. Golden State, Golden State outscores the Houston Rockets 33-15. to That's what did it for him. This is a team that no team in NBA history has ever come back from – uh, double-digit deficits in two straight games facing elimination, right? So game six, down by 11 at the half. Game seven, down by 10 at the half. The Golden State Warriors come back and beat the Rockets in both of those games. And and, he, and James Harden said it himself in the post-game conference. They had their chances, right? Yeah. It was a tale of two halves. Yeah, I, I'm not buying this stuff that if Chris Paul would have played, they would have won. I well, mean, the James, played, James Harden said, didn't even say that, though. Yeah, he I mean, he they, dismissed that he notion. He played in the first four games they split them and they got blown out twice so i mean yeah. maybe we, you know what do you made it do i mean eric gordon played great he, he, uh, he well, not, not, not in game seven no nah, he no he took it to the hole but no he wasn't shooting he was shooting poorly yeah but again so much for home court especially in uh in the playoffs i keep saying it doesn't mean anything both road teams won the seventh game so yeah what does home court mean well those, those are the two teams that have won what three out of the last four championships right it's the cleveland cavaliers and the golden state warriors so james harden five turnovers on the night i mean but and you even look at how bad historically bad that the that the houston rockets shot in, in from three in game in game seven look at their free throws they were 13 for 22 on free throws oh, and let's, let's say hypothetically if they make all their free throws that's a tie game yeah. and golden state only won by nine points it seems like golden state won by like 20 it's because the way they dominated in the second half and steph curry who completely lights out kevin durant to me has, has maybe the worst shot selection out of any superstar in the nba even some of those quote-unquote daggers that he made they were bad shots yeah. you know those, those were shots that, that were maybe helping the rockets win games earlier on in the series well here's a good thing for nba fans if houston would have won i imagine uh, kevin durant would have would have signed as a free agent with houston that's what he does when he gets knocked out in the playoffs he goes sign with signs with the team that beat him and i, I guess that that saved the Warriors. This <laughs> was so one game away from uh, Kevin Durant joining the Houston yeah. Rockets, uh, reuniting with James Harden. I mean, you look at this overall, and, and you mentioned you look. I, I'm saying that Kevin Durant's the most overrated player. He's not the second in, best in, player in the, in the league. league. I don't. I don't buy that. Well, I, I, I think it's up for debate because I, I think that maybe there is no clear cut number two. You got you know a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the number two. He missed all the last season, so it's kind of hard to put him in there right now at this moment. Um, Anthony Davis. I mean, there, there's a lot of really talented guys uh and they're all different in in their own way but but kevin durant he didn't box out very much he had plays where he got beat on the boards no, he, he got beat on defense and and it, it was a little frustrating to watch that but obviously the talent took over 11 for 21 from the field he had five threes five for 11 had five assists i'd like to see more than five rebounds from kevin durant being that he's six foot 11 almost seven feet tall I mean, look at Steph Curry, though, man. The hell of a game, and Steph Curry's the reason this team won. I still think even without Durant that, that this team could win because they already won a title, uh, a title without Durant. But Steph Curry, 27 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. I mean, come on, four steals to, to add to that. It's Steph, Steph Curry's back. Yeah, he is. Definitely played well. Bring back Harrison Barnes, too. Send uh, Kevin Durant on the road. What, you, you talk about the Rockets bench and the fact that Ryan Anderson and uh, Joe Johnson finally got some minutes. Yeah, eight and five minutes apiece, not really much. So, the, look, the Rockets played six guys last night, right? They're starting five plus Gerald Green. And that's it. That's all they got. And, and why didn't Rashard Mbamute play? 
He, he, well, he played minutes earlier in the season. Supposedly he has got a bad shoulder. I don't know how huh? it's affected him. Maybe. But well, Nene, Nene never got any minutes yeah. throughout the series. I know he's a little older, and, and that's really all they got. Yeah. You know, and you look at the look at the Warriors bench. This is going to be important going forward as we talk about the Cavs and, and the Warriors part four of this saga here and this rivalry. Uh, Jordan Bell, you know, he, he doesn't really know how to score the ball. But he sure made some nice passes to Steph Curry to get him open for three-point shots. That that between the legs pass and in the corner yeah. three, that was the hell of a pass right and then there. And that screen, when some people say was moving screen, the free Curry. For it looked like he was just boxing him out on the three-point line. I don't know exactly what the what the rule is on that, but uh, regardless, he <laughs> the I, I know you're not too big on the plus-minus stat, but Jordan Bell plus 17. That was the best on the Warriors. So they were plus 17 with him on the court. You I can't. Don't, I don't buy well, you can't. That. You can't deny that that's not an impressive stat. That 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 they're winning the game with him on the court because he played he's been playing really good defense five rebounds three assists one steal two blocks all right zero points to go with that so that, that's just a gritty guy and, role player and let right me there. say something I, I, I'm, I'm sick of this love affair with Draymond Green I think he's the most overrated player in the NBA he does some good things he, he's got bad hands he fumbles mm-hmm. he had four turnovers in the first quarter he, he's, I don't know what his problem is. It he seems like he's on. lost. It seems like he's lost confidence uh, in scoring may, and shooting. Maybe he needs to talk more. I don't know because uh, his shooting is horrible. He can't even hit an open three. Yeah, zero for five. Zero for five on threes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's the, and they were, but they were leaving him open there in, oh, in the I last game. Yeah. He, right now he's the most overrated player in that in the remaining teams. Well, before. The final four got <laughs> reduced to two. He's so, the most overrated player in the playoffs. Well, look, I mean, the guy had 13 rebounds, four uh, offensive yeah, rebounds. Yeah, but if Kevin Love gets 13 rebounds and doesn't do much, he, he gets lambasted by the media. But for some reason, oh, Draymond Green's this great guy. He can pass. I, why is that? That happens all the time. So, so you're saying Draymond Green's the most overrated player. I'm saying Kevin I'm Durant's the, the most overrated player. So we're saying it's two Kevin, most overrated Kevin, in that team, huh? Kevin Durant, at least he can score. Draymond Green can't score. He's got bad hands. But he plays He's, defense and rebounds, and Kevin Durant doesn't saw, do either I, of those I, two I things. I've Draymond Green get beat on defense, and then he turns around and mopes. Because uh, a charging foul wasn't called, he did that about three or four times. Yeah, well, he he had, he had five assists. He, he's a he's a good passing big man. Oh, I think not. that he's he's had to take a step back in his role ever since Durant got there, and, and maybe may, well, maybe now. that's why his confidence has kind of dwindled down with with the ball in his hands. Mr. Yeah. Sounds like it's your problem, Mr. Allen Dell, the Godfather over here, going on a rant. I don't have any problem. I'm just telling you that. So, uh, so you Draymond would take? Green. Are you telling me that you would take Kevin Love over Draymond Green? Absolutely. I wouldn't even think, think about it. Oh man, I, I have to decide. Who can shoot better? Who can shoot better? Oh, I'm not going to. Who can score better in the post? Kevin Durant. I mean, excuse me. Kevin Love can score in the post. That's going to be a good matchup. That, that's that's going to be one of the matchups I'm looking forward to. Kevin Love versus Draymond Green in in the finals for sure. And we're going to break that series down here in a few minutes. We're going to talk a few minutes on Game Seven of the Boston Celtics. Cleveland Cavaliers, and then jump into our finals. Part four of the Warriors-Cavaliers saga here on Go Baller FFS. He doesn't deserve MVP, but they'll get him for the regular season. All right, here back on Go Baller FFS and the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with my co-host, slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. And here to break the break down all things NBA. You were just having a little side comment there before before we just got on about James Harden not deserving the MVP award. We're gonna jump into some Boston Cavaliers talk here in a few minutes, uh, or actually right now. But we're gonna take a minute 
to talk about just a little final wrap-up on the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors. Your boy Mike D'Antoni is something that I wanted to bring up and just completely forgot we got off topic there. But uh, Mike D'Antoni has been to the conference finals many times. He did it with the Phoenix Suns, and they never got over the hump. And I remember you used to tell me all the time, that a team that was all offense and nothing but three-point shooters, right? The common cliche is you live by the three, you die by the three. Is this just another byproduct of Mike D'Antoni as a head coach that his teams can only get so far, they're never going to win it all? And he had Steve Nash at that time who was a heck of a lot better than James Harden. And Amari Stoudemire. As far as running an offense and getting people involved. So, uh, yeah, you know, I just... Does he deserve blame for this series? The fact they were up 3-2 and just couldn't close it out. I think he should have played more people... But if you look at their roster, I don't know that that's not a very good roster for what. Even though there were the people that have had good careers, Ryan Anderson, uh, Joe Johnson. I mean, they're uh, Ryan Anderson is. I mean, he was hurt. I know that. But I I think he should have played more people. I mean, they're NBA players. They can play. It's not like there's. They're guys that you took off of the street or picked up in a pickup game at the YMCA. Well, my thing is, is that. These guys, Ryan Anderson and Joe Johnson, if you think they're too slow or too old, on, or on defense at least, you got to get these guys involved in the series early. You can't just wait until game six and be like, oh, let me throw them in there, right? Yeah. I mean, because then they're not going to have their legs. They're not going to have the momentum going for them. And you look at the, the, the Golden State Warriors have three guys that can score the basketball. That's it. No one else can score from the outside. Draymond Green, we just talked about his offensive uh, Overrated. struggles, yeah. to say the least. Jordan Bell. Had a wide open layup. The ball slipped out of his hands. Yeah. He, he, that he's he's a little nervous under pressure. Sean Livingston can't hit hit, hit a jump shot and past Lo- twenty feet, Lo- Lo- and Looney can't score either. Looney can only so score. why so why can't you put Ryan Anderson and Joe Johnson and just put them on one of those guys? Yeah. Nick Young is their fourth best scorer at this point. Yeah. He was one for one and hit a very clutch three pointer in the corner in last night's game seven victory. So. Uh, maybe maybe you're going to see a little bit of, uh, more Nick Young go, going forward in the series. He, he's been playing good defense, too. Yeah, the conversation wasn't Mike, Mike, Mike D'Antoni. He gets a C plus. That's what I'll C plus. I'll, I'll give Mike D'Antoni a C minus. Like I said, they got this assistant coach on the bench that's a defensive wizard, and I think he got them to really play to their capabilities there. But let's move on. We got Golden State Warriors representing the West. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers, your boy LeBron James, the king himself, going on to the Eastern Finals. Speaking of coaches, where D'Antoni might be overrated, Ty Lue is probably the most underrated coach in the NBA. It's really (laughs) – You just changed – you you were saying two weeks ago that he was the most overrated and should be fired. So you come around, Mr. Allendale. Tell me, please explain. It's got to be really hard to coach uh, LeBron James. Let's let's be honest. He decides when he plays. I don't think anyone coaches LeBron James. Let's just put it that way. But how about Lou with the rest of the guys on that roster? I got to say, let me backtrack a little bit. Some of the uh, personnel moves he made are questionable, but uh, he sure came through with Jeff Green. That that was a a magic stroke. And I remember Tim Legler when when we found out that Kevin Love couldn't play Game 7. He thought it it wasn't a fallback. It might, might actually help. Uh, Cleveland because of Jeff Green, who's 6'9". A lot of people don't realize he plays like a guard, kind of like a guard, and he's 6'9". Okay, well, let's let's just a little history on Jeff Green. Uh, First-round pick out of Georgetown. was a hell of a college talent. He was first-round pick. Um, Jeff Green was part of the early big three of the Oklahoma City Thunder when they first started their franchise moving from Seattle, former Supersonics, R.I.P., 
Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, before James Harden was ever even talked about as being part of that three, Jeff Green was one of their early round young guys, well, the guys with a high ceiling, what, six foot nine, almost six ten, athleticism, jumping out of the gym, uh, if he could only put it together offensively, consistently. Uh, that, that was a future uh, potential dynasty franchise that people were talking about with not just James Harden, as I mentioned, but Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook. The Thunder gave up on Jeff Green first, and, and you know, not, not saying it wasn't for good reason because maybe he hasn't put it together as much as people hoped when he first initially got drafted, but this is a guy that came into the league with big expectations and huge potential, so... I'm not as surprised as the fact that it's just taken him this long to actually well, make that big of an impact. Don't forget, he had open open heart surgery uh, six years ago, yeah. and they, they but didn't bef- know if he yeah. was going to live. Yeah, uh, he had an ultra thin uh, vein that had to be corrected, and, and not only did he live, obviously, but he's turning to be quite an NBA player. Saying so maybe yeah. that's that's the key. Maybe he can guard Durant. I know Durant's. I mean, he's 6'5", yeah. Durant's, what, 7'1"? Yeah. So, I mean, it's still four inches, but... Re- resurgence of Jeff Green. And I, I loved his, I loved this guy coming out of the draft in, in college. I know it was a while ago. Uh, he's 31 years old. Yeah. He, you know, he was drafted nine years ago, but he was the fifth overall pick in the draft. Yeah. So, this is a guy that, that, you know, people expected to do big things. And the fact he's finally doing it now, I mean, it's impressive. He's, over the last 10 games, he's averaging 12 points. Uh, a steal, a block, an assist, and a couple rebounds. He's shooting 50% from the field. He's you know averaging close to 30 minutes a game. So it's it's impressive what he's done. And his numbers are actually a little bit down from the regular season. Uh, but he's had to step into that role of Kevin Love. The question is, um, one, if Kevin Love comes back or when he comes oh, back, is that gonna is that gonna mess that up or, or no, are there's they? Enough, there's enough. Do you buy in, Do you buy into the notion that the Cavs are better off without Love? There's enough minutes for both of them. I mean, come on, they're going to need everything they get. I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Sadie Osmond play. He's six nine, young, quick. Maybe he can give uh, Kevin Durant a few problems. You know, I'd like to see him get some minutes. I think he could really help. No, but there's enough minutes for Green and Love. You got to have Love. He can stretch the floor and he can score in the paint. Maybe he can get uh, Draymond Green in the foul. Can Draymond Green go? Why can't Love? Draymond Green, he's not a threat offensively. Well, let's look like the Cavaliers beat the Warriors in the finals two years ago. Epic Game 7. They had Kyrie Irving, who's not there anymore, obviously. But they also had Kevin Love. They had J.R. Smith. They had Tristan Thompson. So you got those four guys who have done it before, who can believe. But, but... Uh, Kevin Durant wasn't there for the Warriors. Well, exactly, but they, you know, they, they're they're thinner. They're more top heavy. They don't have the depth anymore. Going past that, you know, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, he was Harrison Barnes, but he was another guy that guys like Andrew Bogut who could score on on the offensive side in the paint. Um, they had other shooters on that team as well. And just to, looking back on Jeff Green for a second, this is no aberration. This is no aberration. The guy second season in the league averaged sixteen and a half points. Third season in the league averaged fifteen points. He averaged 15 points in 2010. Again, uh, t- 2013-14 and the 14-15 seasons averaged 17 and 17 and a half. 
So it's been a few years since he's been that plus 15-point-a-game scorer, but he's averaged almost double digits in every single season of his career. You don't have to sell me on, on Jeff Green. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost selling myself because I, I didn't think he was much of a factor before the last couple of games you in the, in the Celtics-Cavaliers series. You haven't done your homework. Well, like I said, this guy's got a, he's got immense talent. I think that him... You've been thinking too much of Draymond Green, I think. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be a great matchup with the bigs. I mean, obviously, I, I'd give Cleveland the advantage right now with, with Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and Jeff Green going up against Draymond uh, Green. That's all they got. And Looney's, you know, Looney's well, Looney. Looney can't make – he's afraid to shoot. He can't make anything but an uncontested dunk. That's that's what he is. But, again, I like to put Sadie Osman in, uh, Ty. Put him in. Give him a few minutes. Hey, well, you, look, you talk about the death with the Rockets and D'Antoni barely playing anyone. I mean, that was the Cavaliers in Game 7. They they had uh, six guys play. They, uh, and Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson had eight and nine minutes apiece. Kyle Corbin only played seven, 18 so minutes. They had seven guys they played. No, they had eight guys that played overall. Okay. But I'm just telling you, they had seven guys. Uh, they had six guys that played above 10 minutes. Yeah. Hey, is it time time to play Rodney Hood? Maybe give him a few minutes. He can shoot. He can hit that corner three. I agree with you on Osman. I mean, I don't know Jose Calderon. You can't no, you can't put him on Jordan Bell and have him knock down a couple three point shots. I, that's I mean I'm just I'm just saying, man, the guy can shoot the ball from long range. And on the Celtics side, great season for them. I think this is the team of the future in the NBA. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Rozier, obviously, uh, Kyrie Irving coming back to join that that Yeah, crew. what are they going to do next year when, when Irving comes back and Gordon Hayward? That means Rozier goes to the bench. He's yeah. not getting 30 minutes. He might not yeah. like that. Jalen Brown's not going to get the minutes. He's yeah, but, but look, man, Ro- Rozier, I, I don't know if he deserves to be the starting point guard in that team. The guy was 2 for 14. He would talk about Ariza 0 for 9 on threes. How about Rozier 0 for 10 on yeah. threes in game seven at home? So does he deserve to get that? Maybe he maybe he can learn a little bit and still get better. Maybe he can be the sixth man of the year. You know, that's what you're gonna be talking about with with a, with a guy like Rozier is that he can be coming off the bench and being a big factor. What about Marcus Smart though? You know, what happens with him when Kyrie Irving comes back? Is Marcus Smart also starting again? I, you know, I, I would think he would. He was one for ten from the field though. So it, it's 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 definitely. How are they going to work that lineup, those lineup changes with Hayward and Irving coming back? But this is obviously a team that's going to be better with, with two All-Stars like that on their team. So I, I'm not going to worry too much about the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens is only going to get better as a coach. And, uh, you know, we we got, we got a great matchup on our hands here coming up with the Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors. I think this is going to be a lot closer and more competitive than last year's matchup was. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll be right back with a few more minutes to break down our final picks for the series NBA Finals 2018. All right, back here with the final segment on our NBA Finals Frenzy 2018 podcast, Go Baller FFS, the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting here with Alan Dell, the Godfather, and we got part four, Cavaliers, Warriors. Just quick initial thoughts before we get game one going this Thursday, Mr. Alan Dell. Last year, uh, Golden State went up 3-0 in this series. Cavs wound up taking game four. Warriors won the series in five. Durant MVP was pretty much a slaughter from the get-go. Uh, is anything going to change? Will this year be any different? Do the Cavaliers stand a chance? Will they even be competitive in, in this series? What's your thoughts? Well, I, I think people are saying they're not as good. Maybe their defense is better, though. What I think the Cavs, what the Cavs need to do 
If they get a chance to run, run. But other than that, they need to crawl, walk the ball up court, turn this game into a slugfest. You know, maybe they got to shoot with five minutes left on the clock. But just slow the game down. Don't get in that helter-skelter where, where, where Steph Curry can uh, get wide open. He's the one guy that, that scares me the most because I, I don't know who, if I'm Cleveland, who do you, who's going to guard him? I mean, J.R. Smith, is he quick enough? I, I don't know. But uh, I think they have a chance. Uh, you, you never know. Just, but they got it. I think they learned something from last year. I think they learned something about themselves. Uh, in the Boston series, in that seventh game, uh, there's always a possibility there's a reason they they tie him up. Maybe uh, Kevin Durant will turn an angle or something. Well, I, I mean, that's it's a, that goes that. I mean, that could happen to LeBron, and it could be a sweep. So, you know, yeah, injuries well. in, injuries happen whenever they happen. But, I mean, look, this is a, I think this is the a better Cavaliers team to match up than they had last year. I, I agree with that. They got a guy... You know they got a veteran point guard in George Hill who's been who's been in, in a lot of uh, you know playoff pressure moments in the past, and he and he's a solid point guard. He can play defense. He's obviously been important to their run so so far in the playoffs. We talked about Jeff Green in the last segment. Uh, obviously they got the four guys back that that have won before: Love, Smith, Thompson, and LeBron. Uh, Kyle Korver is another guy you know who, who who give them that boost from the outside and shooting. Uh, but you know, outside of that, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. And as much as I want to see the underdogs pull it out, because I don't have a dog in this fight, I'm not a fan, uh, you know, a hardcore fan of either of these teams. But Cavaliers, massive, I think biggest underdogs in NBA history, at least in terms of the Vegas lines, twelve points that, that, that were put game. down, twelve points in the first game. So, uh, you know, Vegas leaning heavily on the Warriors as, as the favorite in this one. Uh, yeah, and the other Vegas thousand to one. Uh, if you're picking. Uh, uh, um, you're picking Golden State to win the series. You got to put a thousand down to win a hundred. So think about that. Oh yeah, no, it's it's that's that's definitely something right there. Um, who's gonna who's gonna have to be the X factor for for Cleveland? What's Cleveland gonna need to beat the Warriors, in your opinion? Well, they're gonna need some defense, some luck, um, bad shooting by Kevin Durant, which is possible, and can't hopefully he doesn't get go off on one of his tangents. And, and same with uh, Curry. He's a streak shooter. Uh, he, had, he, had, he went he had some dry spells against Houston, which helped. And the big thing that Houston did was take it to the hole. But I don't know, does Cleveland have anybody besides LeBron that can take it to the hole? Because that seemed to be uh, Golden State's biggest problem defensively is when Houston, especially Eric Gordon, started to take it to the hole. They were scoring, and yeah. they couldn't stop him. Maybe a guy like Jordan Clarkson? Who's young, fast? I mean, yeah, they, I mean he can a, score. He, he can take it to the hole. He's more of a guy that likes to get going in the paint and shoot a turnaround short, short jumper. Uh, George Hill, too, is the same way. Yeah. They're not super fast. Well, when I'm looking at guys that can drive to the basket besides LeBron, those are the two that I'm looking at is George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. Maybe Jeff Green, if he can be physical a little bit. Uh, oh, Maybe Larry, do, Larry Nance could help out a little bit on defense, too. Yeah, I, I think defensively he, he could. Um, and then you talk about maybe giving Osman some minutes. I mean, he hasn't really played at all in the playoffs. Uh, you know, is it too late to put a guy like that in there? Or Tristan Thompson, can he guard Kevin Durant? I don't know. Is he, is he too slow? To well, a lot of people are saying Jeff Green's going to wind up guarding Durant, yeah, well, too. Or maybe maybe LeBron. Yeah, but, well, you know. that, that'll wear LeBron. He can't do both. He yeah. can't guard. He, he, I would not use him on Durant. Rodney Hood.
could. We'll get another shot of redemption. You know, or maybe know, early in the series. Four straight that do not play. So yeah. something like that. Four out of five. So, so uh, coaching edge. You got Kerr, Lou. You giving you giving the coaching edge to either of these guys here? You know, Kerr's had so much talent. I I don't know. He's just had unbelievable talent. I mean, look at the guys that coached the Warriors. Look at their records when he was sick. I mean, Luke Walton. What was he? Twenty-five and one or something like that. Mike right. Brown had an incredible record. So, you know. I, they're both they're both good coaches. Ty Lue, I, I don't know. I, I I like him, but I think I question some of his personnel moves. But yeah. LeBron James playing better, in my opinion, this year than he did last year yeah. in, the, in the playoffs. And maybe maybe it's maybe the fact Kyrie's not there has forced him to just own up and take full responsibility for everything: leadership, offense, defense, and maybe the Cavaliers are better for it. Maybe that chemistry just wasn't enough after they won that title together. And obviously last year, I mean, they were just completely routed by the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors aren't as good a team as they were last year, at least record-wise, right? They won 58 games this year, so that, and that's, that would be a great season for any team, but not, not, not for that team with the talent that they have. Um, you put these factors together, maybe it, maybe it can mean one more win than the Cavs got last year, and it'll be a six-game series. Give me your pick, man. What's your, you know, a couple days away from game one, what's, what's your pick right now as it stands? That's a tough one. Huh? Do I go with my heart or my brain? Uh, well, give me a little bit of both. Uh, I'll go with the Cavs in seven. <laughs> Cavs in seven, man. So you go, that, that's, that's your heart pick. What's your brain, what's your brain pick? My brain pick is Golden State in five. Golden State in five. Okay, so we'll, we'll see if maybe it'll be somewhere in between. I, I think it'll be somewhere in between. Uh, I, I think the Cavaliers, I mean, they struggled to beat the Boston Celtics. I don't know if that was a mental thing where they, they knew they didn't to have to win. They struggled to beat Indiana, too. They struggled to beat Indiana, too. Exactly. Um, Golden State struggled to beat Houston, and they kind of you know had their way with New Orleans and had their way with San Antonio in round one. I think Golden State is uh, maybe a little less pressure on them now that they got past being down three to two. That's maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Cleveland's got to go in and take Game One. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, get one, they will get you know, but I, but I feel like Game One would be an easier one to get. Uh, go back to Cleveland, tied one to one. I think would be huge for them. Oh, they can lose two in Golden State and then get the next two. We in Cleveland. yeah, we, we could see year, that. I remember, didn't uh... They lost the first two in Golden State, and then they lost a real tough, close yeah. game. And but if they would have won that game, well, we might have been 2-2. It sounds, okay, yeah, 2-2, but when you go down 2-0, that means you have to beat a team four out of five well, times. Well, did it to Boston. Have yeah, but been? that's different than doing it to Golden State is what I I'm saying. I don't buy that. That's, that's... You go down 2-0 and have to beat the Warriors four well, out of you five go down times. 2-0. You're not going to beat the Warriors four out of five that, times. I don't look at it that way. You, you go down 2 nothing, you win 2 and it's best out of 3. You just throw out the pass. Well, you got to win those two in a row. That, that's okay. that, that's that's what I'm saying. That's that's going to be the tough part. I'm going to go, man. It's going to be. This is tough. This is tough for me. I'm going to have to say the Warriors in seven. I think the Cavs uh, compete. They win some games. I I I don't. My my heart won't let me say Warriors in six because that means the Warriors will have to win in Cleveland, and I think that LeBron James will push it past that point. Uh, so I'm going to go Warriors in seven, but. Never count out LeBron James in a game seven. This guy that used to have a, a knock against him for not being clutch has turned no, has turn, turned into he's turned into the most clutch player in the NBA. Let's just put it let's just put it out there. I mean LeBron James the most clutch player in the NBA. Not not he's had more buzzer beating shots now in the playoffs than Jordan and Kobe have combined. Well, I, I don't 
don't like this debate, uh, LeBron, Jordan, who's better. Oh, we're not talking about that. It's just subjective, though. There is no answer. Yeah. And, why? you know, I I can make a case. Well, how can Will Chamberlain always gets ignored in that kind of comment? What are the numbers that guy I mean, personally, I don't like that Kobe doesn't get talked about as much. Uh, People people are quick to forget. Kobe said he ought to be in that if you heard what he said. Well, that depends how you took that tweet. But, you know, some people are saying that's what he was saying. Others could say he was just telling people to calm down and not worry about it. But, yeah, either way, we're going to be back with some more NBA Finals coverage as this series goes along. Call into our station if you're listening here on Anchor or if you're listening elsewhere. Check us out, goballer.com. We'll be putting up some more content here in the next few months, some football action, some basketball action. Thanks for listening in. Have fun watching these 2018 NBA Finals. This is Go Baller FFS and the Family Feud Sports Podcast. Peace out.